Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. You're listening to 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we are listening to... Tosca, one of the masterpieces Ugh. produced by Puccini. I think we've got a good one this week. When don't we, but... True. <laughs> Tosca. Tosca is um, the last name of one of our characters, essentially the only woman in the opera. Really? Yeah. Okay. Gloria Tosca. Gloria Tosca. And it's actually kind of a fun little opera joke here. She's a diva. She's a diva playing a diva. It's so meta. <laughs> it's like a play in a play. Well, yeah. I mean, the rest of the story, not so much hope, one hopes. But um, she is a famous singer, mm-hmm. is her role. And she is in love with a very successful painter who mm. is uh, doing some work in a church. But that's not the first person we heard singing. That bass that we just heard singing, you know, he doesn't have a lot of songs. I think maybe there's just two places where he sings, two parts of a scene where he sings. But that is Angelotti. Mm -hmm. He is an escaped political prisoner. He has escaped. Ah. Okay, so now just to be clear, we're set in Italy. Rome. Rome. Yes. And approximately what's the time frame? Yeah, this this is the easiest one to remember that you, you were ever going to have. It is set in the year 1800, and mm-hmm. the opera premieres in the year 1900. Isn't that tidy? That's very, very convenient. Yes. So it uh, it premiered in Rome, and mm-hmm. it is also set in Rome. Nice. So for any of you who know your history, 1800, you're immediately thinking, ah, Napoleonic era, aren't you? I I was waiting for what you were going to say. I wasn't even going to guess. <laughs> yeah, it's the Napoleonic period. And Napoleon is mentioned a couple of times here as... Um, mm-hmm. Napoleon well, was born in Corsica. Did you know that? I did. Of course you did. He's a Corsican. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that something you want to tell me about Corsica? I, I Just that I, I knew that. Oh, good work. And then he was exiled in Elba, which is near Corsica. That's right. That's right. Another island. They needed to get him. In Port, Porto Ferraio. Oh, well done. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. But we digress. Okay. So <laughs> right here in our first go. few minutes of the show. Dang it. <laughs> so it, it premieres in um, 1900, a period of time after Italy is a country. Because Italy doesn't become right. a country until... It was just like fiefdoms or different kingdoms or whatever. Exactly. It was, it was smaller political entities. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's during the 19th century that the unification happens. But however, 
This is set during the Napoleonic period, and Rome is ruled over by the king of Naples. It, it's sort of in that cluster uh, politically, and the king of Naples is a Bourbon foreigner. That sounds French. Oui. <laughs> At any rate, the struggle during the time period when this is set is between the Republicans, mm -hmm. meaning people who believe there should be a republic. Sure, of Italy. As a, um, yeah, the people who, who, it's basically these liberal ideas. I mean, you've got to throw out your, your knowledge of these words in a modern American context. Mm. Liberal means liberty, freedom. The freedom people were looking for was freedom from the inequality. The privileges were reserved to the aristocracy. Mm -hmm. So the two sides of the political equation would be Republicans or royalists. I see. Okay, yeah. And so we've talked about that before, like in oh. I, I Puritani, for example, they were yeah. similar kind of struggle. Yeah, that's that's a much earlier period. But but the idea that the order was changing and Napoleon is a symbol of that change. Mm. Napoleon, Napoleon was kind of lowborn, wasn't he? I mean, he wasn't exactly. That's yeah. exactly the key point I was about to raise. So good work. Look at me learning. Well, the, the fact that a commoner sure. could rise to such heights. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's sort of an old cliche that for decades after Napoleon's ouster, people would go mad thinking they had a Napoleonic complex, thinking that they were Napoleon, meaning that they were a commoner who could rise to great heights. So that meaning has changed so much over the years, because now if you say somebody has a Napoleon complex, yeah, it usually means that it's a short Person. Well, Napoleon, things change, right? Because mm -hmm. he's a commoner and he's fighting on the side of uh, law and order, some would say, because part of what Napoleon does, part of how he rises to prominence is he quells the crowds during the period of the terror that follows the French Revolution. I mean, Napoleon and his efforts is what, really what brings a close to the chaos and the reign of terror of the French Revolution. But there's mm. there's a whole other huge history lesson there that we won't go into. <laughs> Not today. At any rate, but Napoleon, for uh, the Republicans in this story, is a source of great inspiration because he's flying in the face of the traditional royal authority. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the bad guys in the opera celebrate when they hear Napoleon's defeated... And the good guys in the opera celebrate when they hear Napoleon has a victory. I see. Okay. Because he's seen as the champion of the common man. Now, it changes that history will move on. He becomes emperor, emperor for life and all of this stuff in France. So that, that gets complicated. But at this point, he's a, he's a symbol of freedom. Nevertheless, our story, the escaped prisoner who opens the scene mm -hmm. looking for a place to hide mm -hmm. and the provisions that his sister has left. He's one of these Republicans. He's one of these people fighting for, for freedom against uh Okay, and that's Angelotti. Exactly. Angelotti's his Angelotti name. is his and name. And he is the escaped political prisoner. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is. And he he kind of scoots. And why don't we go ahead and listen to the next song? And then we'll explain the rest of what's going on. All right. So this is Dami i Colori. Give me my paints. Dami i Colori. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and Pat is going to tell us what's going on in Puccini's Tosca. Tosca. We have got, um, well, we're little by little, we're introducing our characters. The tenor we just heard, Cavaradossi, Mar- Mario. Mario. Cavaradossi is uh, a painter, mm-hmm. and we are, the setting here is inside a church, and there's a giant uh, canvas that he's working on. He's doing a picture of a Madonna. Mm-hmm. He's doing a Madonna, a picture of the Madonna. <laughs> yes. And he's had a conversation with the sacristan who sort of helps keep things running in the church. The one who noticed he hadn't eaten his basket of lunch that had been left for him and sort of thought to himself, oh, I'll, I'll eat that later myself, that, that lunch is a key element later on. And uh, the sacristan looks at his painting and goes, oh, that looks just like that lady who comes to pray at the church. And Cavaradossi says, well, she's so devout and so fervent with her prayers, she didn't even notice that I was painting her. And Mm -hmm. I had to paint her because she was just so beautiful. He doesn't even know who she is. She's just a beautiful lady who comes to pray at the church. Mm -hmm. So that's all there. And the sacristan leaves. And key to know now is Angelotti appears the escaped prisoner. And Angelotti is, in fact, a friend of Cavaradossi's, but Cavaradossi does not recognize him. The years in prison have been so hard on him. Uh, so did, it, wait, did Cavaradossi didn't know he was there until this moment? Right, he comes right. out because okay. he had scooted to this church because turns out his sister, who told him where to find some provisions and um, left a woman's clothing as a disguise for him to get away, it turns out that, of course, she is... The beautiful woman in question who is painted oh, by okay. Cavaradossi. Right. So um, she, by the way, never appears other than you see her image more or less in this painting. Mm-hmm. But there's no actual actress so she's or singer. Like the important character that's never there. Exactly. Exactly. So meanwhile, we need to meet the woman who does appear in person in this show. Tosca. Tosca. Florio Tosca. Floria. Her name is Floria. Mm-hmm. Although she's mostly called, you know, it's unusual. I was thinking for women just to be referred to by their last names the way guys are more often. Right. But, but she is often called Tosca. And she comes in shouting her boyfriend's name, Mario, Mario. And she's a little suspicious with some of the things she sees and hears. She hears rustling of women's dresses. Uh huh. Not so, not so threatening, really. 
because it's just this guy getting into a woman's clothing but for disguise. But she doesn't know that. But she doesn't know that. And the door is locked. So let's hear just a little bit of Mario Mario. Okay. So this is the introduction of our main character, Tosca, in the opera Tosca by Puccini. So that's Tosca. Tosca is an interesting, wonderful character. A diva. Yes. A, a diva playing a diva. So what what else do we know about Tosca, Pat? So aside from the fact that she's a very successful singer, much sought after, beautiful, we also know that she's uh, very passionate. Mm-hmm. And with that passion comes feelings of jealousy and suspicion, which is why she was suspicious of the rustling women's clothes she was suspicious of the fact that the door was locked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Cavaradosi is protecting her. He doesn't want her to be tied up in this whole thing of him risking himself by aiding this escaped prisoner. Right. But um, but he's very not just that the man is his friend. He's also sympathetic politically. Um, in fact, the the actual Cavaradosi. These are by the way, all of these characters are based on real people. Oh, all right. The story comes from a very famous play that was very popular about 12 or 13 years before the opera came out. And the opera came out in 1900. I remember that. See, it's a good year. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. So the yeah, all of these were actual people of of the time period when the, when this is set. Okay. So Cavaradossi was actually um, a, a famous painter with with known Republican tendencies, liberal mm-hmm. tendencies. And he did have this friend, and, and you know the whole, all, all of these characters are real. You know, obviously it's a fictionalization of the story, but it's not, historical fiction. But it is, it is. The real Cavaradossi, just as depicted in the beginning of this show, offered to paint this beautiful painting in this Jesuit church mm. to fit in with the mainstream and not be as suspected of Republican tendencies. Oh, yeah, clever! It, it's it's actually kind of fascinating. And Tosca, back to the characteristics of Tosca that we know, aside from being passionate and jealous, and she has this fabulous stage presence, this regal bearing mm-hmm. and beauty. And she's a beauty. She's also very devout. And that is uh, that is true to life based on the real Tosca, Floria Tosca. She was an orphan who was uh, taken in by monks, put in a convent, and she was raised in a convent. 
In fact, there's this great little thing that happens. A great music producer hears her and says, oh, she must leave the convent. This voice can't be kept away from the public. And it had to be adjudicated by none other than the Pope. Oh, you're kidding. And she sang for the Pope. And the Pope decreed she may leave the convent so that she can share her art with the world. Interesting. Isn't that fun? So depicting her as a very successful singer, but also a very devout Christian is true to the story of who Tosca was. Interesting. So there we have it. So that's Tosca. But jealousy. Jealousy is going to be a key issue in this story. Mm -hmm. She's fiery. She is fiery. She's got great passion. I love this next song that we're going to play, which is just this beautiful, beautiful love song. So she, one part of the jealousy comes out when she sees this picture and it's this other woman and looks like a real woman. She's like, who is this? Are you in love with her? Are you messing around with her? She wants to know. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. She's sort of got this physical evidence of jealousy because he's locked her out of the room. Mm-hmm. But it's this guy he's hiding. She's got this evidence in his art that he's messing around because he's painted this other beautiful woman. But it's just someone he was inspired by because he saw. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, she extracts a promise from him that she will paint in the blue eyes of this woman with dark eyes like her own. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, he's not real happy about that, but he'll he'll do it. All he'll right. do it. So this is this is a beautiful love song, and you may find some of the tune here familiar. Okay, so this is Cavaradossi and Tosca, our two main characters, in Puccini's Tosca singing Qual occhio al mondo. What eyes in the world. And you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Oh, 
Lasciami. Tu fino a stasera sai per mal lavoro e mi prometti sia tanto fortuna. Io prezzo di giorno bruno a pregar non verrà donne una. Lo giuro amore. So that's Tosca and Cavaradossi having a duet about eyes in the world. Well, it's a love duet. I mean, mostly she's letting him placate her. And tell her how lovely she is. And tell her wonderful, wonderful things about how much he loves her. For instance, my adored Tosca, I love everything about you. Your bold anger and your yearning for love. Mm, she's a feisty one. Yeah, and he, he knows how to please her. Yeah. And so he does. And so he does. But he, he does keep saying, now listen, sweetheart, I'm going to meet you at the cottage. You've convinced me. You've talked me into it. I am going to get back to work now. You run along, and I'll meet you there later. Mm-hmm. Okay, lovely. I love you very much. Run along. <laughs> so he, he keeps having to try to send her on her way. Yeah, so to he, get her out so that he can get back to his friend Angelotti. Yes, and, and the next the next song is, is so sweet because it's the title that they give it often is Tosca is a good woman. And he says, she's so good. She's so devout and so faithful that she tells her confessor everything. But you and I know as men of the world that it's not oh, safe. If she right. knew you were here, she would have to tell him. She would have to confess that. And then that would be bad for everybody. And that would be bad for everybody. So, you know, he explains to us and, you know, to us via talking to his friend Angelotti She's so good, I can't let her know this because she would have to spill the beans because she, she confesses everything. So they make the plan for Angelotti to go to the cottage and hide himself. And he even gives him a, like, a secret place in the garden to go hide if anyone comes to the cottage. Wait, so he, so yes. Cavaradossi is sending Angelotti to the cottage but, dressed as a woman. But, the, but he has a way to uh, hide. By the way, we never see the cottage in this show, so you don't have to worry about that. But but there's a place to hide if anyone comes to the cottage. But in the meantime, no one's going to be there. Tosca's busy. She's got this singing career and Except everything. for Tosca, she's going to go there before... Oh, she's got, she's got singing things to... Right? Yeah, no, no, not to worry. That's not actually going to be a problem. It, it'll be okay. I mean, it won't be okay, but that's not going to be the problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's not going to be the problem. The problems are elsewhere. Okay. So, yeah, so we carry on. We need to meet our next main character, Scarpia. Ooh. Chief of police, the evil chief of police. He sounds like a bad guy, Scarpia. Scarpia, a baritone. Shall we listen to often his introduction? Our, often our, our, well, his introduction 
is when he comes in and there's just all kind various people who are in the church have come in and there's all kinds of noise because there has been a turn of events as far as Napoleon is concerned. So let's listen a little bit just to his introduction. Okay, so this is un tal bacano in chiesa. Such commotion in a church. And this is uh, Scarpia's introduction in the opera Tosca by Puccini. That was Scarpia. Scarpia. Kind of a baddie there. He's a baddie. Yeah. Well, and here he is with his faux piety. Such commotion in a church. Well, they're all excited because of the, the recent news about Napoleon. Oh, right. I forgot about Napoleon. Yeah, Napoleon's in the background. And you know what happened with Napoleon? Do you know what the news was? Um, no. <laughs> he was defeated, Napoleon, in a battle. And so they're all celebrating. Nice. They're all very excited because most of the people in the church, these are all people supporting the status quo. Now, you remember our characters who are not supporting the status quo. Angelotti. Right. And the painter. The painter. Cavaradossi. Mario, our, Mario. Mario. Yes, exactly. Um, so everyone is celebrating, um, though not all of our characters. And and uh, Tosca herself, by the way, is, is not terribly political she's kind of indifferent it's not her thing she's Mm. more into like religion and mario mostly she's into mario and she's she's into being a singer and she's into her career so such commotion in a church such commotion and as he disperses everyone and gets them to quiet down he hasn't just come to the church to pray he has come because he is following the scent of this escaped political prisoner angelotti angelotti it gets a little complicated, but essentially he works along with the 
sacristan to um, who's essentially the janitor we've determined care, the handyman caretaker. caretaker and he delivers the food to the painter and all of this and they go to check angelotti's family's tomb is in there in a like a little locked room oh. Cha- a chapel i'm sorry but it's also you know it's mm-hmm. it's this de- because they're a very high-ranking wealthy family i see and it's unlocked because of course remember he was in the beginning he was, he was looking changing. for the key mm-hmm. and he went in there and one of the detectives who's helping Scarpia comes out with this empty basket. The lunch. Right. And because the sacristan goes, I wanted to eat that. Suddenly Scarpia knows something's something's odd. So he gets the sacristan to explain, well, the painter didn't eat it. It was his. And he's like, when besides, he wouldn't be eating it in this chapel. That's not where you eat a basket of lunch. So at this point, Cavaradosi and Angelotti have disappeared. They're, they're, Neither one of them are at the chapel anymore. No, Cavaradosi has stepped out and Angelotti has gone off to hide, hide at the cottage. In dressed in women's clothing. That's how he escapes. Which is not going to turn into a problem. Well, he... <laughs> well, interesting. The other clue that is left behind that they find in this chapel is a woman's fan. Uh, like, you know, a, a fan uh-huh. to cool yourself. Sure. And also that women used to flirt, and it was just part of the disguise, but he's left that behind. And so Scarpia takes a look at it, and he's like, oh, it's the Angelotti coat of arms, and it's got a picture of his sister. And, you know, so he's putting it all together. Angelotti's definitely been here, and he suspects the painter of helping him out, and mm-hmm. Scarpia's hot on the trail. So he's very excited when he finds this fan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he's he's the suspect. And I think we need to now hear a little bit more from Scarpia in what I think is my favorite piece by Scarpia. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, and it's called, um, well, you can do the Italian. Now it's all clear to me. Ortutto e chiaro. Yes. And an interesting line in this piece, mm-hmm. for those who have recently listened to our Otello show, when we did Otello, you remember who Iago was? Mm-hmm. Iago, the bad guy baritone? Very bad. Very bad. Psychopath. Yes. Iago is mentioned in this opera. Get out. So Scarpia is waving around this fan, this prize of his, this fabulous clue. And it's really interesting. He holds it up and he and he goes, Iago had a handkerchief to exploit. Remember the handkerchief being right, that critical to that story? That he sort of unscrupulously Iago, took. Uh, yes. Iago had a handkerchief and I have a fan. Mm-hmm. All used, both used, the handkerchief and the fan were used, will be used to exploit jealousy. Interesting. So, as you know, Iago used the handkerchief to fire up the jealousy within Otello, Mm -hmm. he's going to use his fan to fire up the jealousy within... Tosca. Mm -hmm. So let's listen to it. Okay, Uh, so... Now it's all clear to me. Ortuto y Chiaro, and this is Scarpia on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Ortuto y Chiaro Sacrista, 
That was Tosca at the end there. And, and what was she saying? She sounded upset. Oh, you are so right about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, remember I said that uh, Scarpia was going to use the fan to... Enrage Tosca. Bring up to her inf- jealousy. To fan the flames of yes, jealousy. Yes, he even has all these asides to the audience, like, my plan is working. <laughs> <laughs> He's so evil. You know, in the photo here that accompanies this particular CD... Scarpia A looks like Grandpa Adams from he, he or from the Munsters. Grandpa from the Munsters. He looks super creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's that's it. He just looks super creepy like Grandpa <laughs> from the Munsters. It's all well. It, it, this is actually from that same era, right? Oh, was it? Well, no. This was because this was recorded in the early '60s. True. So, I mean, I don't know if there's any. Maybe Scar. Maybe Grandpa <laughs> Munster was also an opera singer <laughs> and played Scarpia. Anywho, I digress. <laughs> well. Scarpia becomes all like, like makes your skin crawl how oily and solicitous he is with her. 
Mm. You know, Scarpy says, oh, you are a noble woman. Heaven is full of zealous saints, but it is the dignity of your art that revives faith. So he's just just laying it on thick with her, you know, throwing in these um, these little digs that make her worry like about the fan. And then he points to this painting mm-hmm. that her, oh, that Cavaradosi is making. And you remember whose face is in the painting? It's Angelotti's sister. The same one who owns the fan. Right. That's so hidden the, in the chapel with the, his lunch basket. But, but Scarpia found it. Mm-hmm. So he's put the pieces together and he's exploiting this fan mm-hmm. and pointing at her. And he says, well, you're not like certain shameless women who pretend to be pious, but come to the church to indulge in love intrigues. Ooh. So he's really stoking that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laying it on thick. Yeah, and she and she doesn't want to believe it. And she, in fact, says, prove it, prove it. And he and he whips out the fan to her and said, is this, is this used in painting? Perhaps. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance, not a chance. So, you know, and then she sees herself that it's the coat of arms of this family that it's this woman she's out of her mind and so the last bit we heard playing um, when Tosca uh, sings so forcefully and upset is I came here downcast because I can't be with him tonight remember they had made the arrangements to be go to the cottage together because the unkind heavens have made Tosca a prisoner of royal celebrations in other words because she's this great diva this amazingly famous and sought after singer she's been called into the royal celebrations to celebrate the defeat of napoleon at these battles oh and so now she's not going to be able to go to the chapel yeah, or so to their little cottage so she's like and i came here downcast cuz i agreed to meet him and this you know unchanges man yeah i can't trust him and and now i'm furious furious mm. and so we have Scarpia realizing how well his plan has worked (laughs) and she runs off and Scarpia is going to of course give instructions to his henchmen Mm -hmm. to go follow her and we're going to listen to the very last song of act one okay Uh, in English take three men in a carriage is what they call it and in this battalion yep is tres biri una carroza right and, and he's giving them instructions. Three men in a carriage to follow her wherever she goes. Mm. But don't let her know. And one of the key lines here that'll get echoed in the next act is, Scarpia has released the falcon and inflamed the jealousy. Tosca is the falcon <laughs> here. In other words, she's, she's going to go for her prey, and he, he's going to be right there to nab it. Excellent. At least okay. that's what he thinks. So this is Scarpia and his henchmen singing Tre Spiri Una Carrozza in the opera Tosca by Puccini on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
una ribelle lacrima scende sopra ribelle guanci di rora dolce signora So that was Three Men and a Carriage from Giacomo Puccini's opera Tosca on Opera for Everyone. And that's the end of Act One, Pat. That is the end of Act One. We have left the church now. And now we're going to go, are we going to go to the royal celebration of the defeat of Napoleon? We're going to go very close to the royal celebration. We're going to be in the same location, but we will not see the celebration. We'll Mm. hear a tiny bit of it. Okay but we won't see it. We're going to be in Scarpia's apartment at the palace, his office. Oh. His first song that maybe we could hear just a tiny bit of okay. before we come in and bring everyone up today mm-hmm. is Tosca is a good falcon. In other words, yes, she's going to lead. She's going to go for the prey. Man. Yeah, so he's waiting for a response from his henchmen about how they've done in finding Andrelotti. Tosca is gonna gonna make sure that that happens, and she's gonna lead them right to him. Right, because you know, not without reason, 
Scarpia believes that Cavaradossi is helping right. Angelotti. Yeah. So let's listen okay. to the beginning right. of Tosca's Good Falcon. All right. So we're going to listen to Tosca e un buon falco. Uh, and this is Scarpia. can see him he's so full of his self-confidence scarpia he knows that he's going to get what he wants in fact after he says that she's a good falcon he says at dawn tomorrow angelotti and the fair mario Mm -hmm. her lover will be hanging side by side on my gallows he's gonna hang mario too oh yeah because he's aiding and abetting yeah absolutely and he has previously right at the end of act one he has told us also that he has consumed Consumed by two desires. He wants the head of the traitor. And he wants Tosca. And he wants yeah, Tosca. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. <laughs> yes, and, and, and she is the, the greater prize as far as he's concerned. But he has those two passions, to get the traitor and to have Tosca. Mm-hmm. He's not that dissimilar to Iago. No, but Iago doesn't seem to be motivated by lust. Love, yeah, by lust, yeah. He was he more just, motivated by power. He just wants power, and he just wants horrible things for other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, all right. That's where the similarities end. Well, I mean, they're both pretty bad. They're both baritones. <laughs> yeah. Well, b- all the baddies are baritones, usually. Are they? I don't Yeah, I don't know. All right, okay. So Tusk's a good falcon. She's going for Angelata. Angelotti and uh, Mario and Scarpia's just licking his chops. Yes. In fact, speaking of Scarpia licking his chops, the next song is called A Violent Conquest. And the rest of that phrase follows. A violent conquest is sweeter than a willing one. Timid sighs under a moonlight do not gratify me. I do not know how to strum a guitar, pluck petals from flowers. You know, I yearn for an elusive prey. And after the conquest, I discard it for new challenges. I mean, just so you know who you're dealing with here. Right, yeah. Skeevy, skeevy man. Yeah. Yeah, so it is a good song. So let's go ahead and listen to. All right. So this is Scarpia's next song, telling you what a horrible person he is. This is A Piu Forte Sapore. What's the English translation on that one? A Violent Conquest. A Violent Conquest. Mm -hmm. All right, let's have a listen to that. Sapore, 
So we heard the party in the background there. That was a little bit of that celebration of Napoleon's defeat that you heard. Um, And we also learned a little bit more about what's going on with our plot and Scarpia's efforts because one of his henchmen come in, Spoletta. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, both of All of of these sound like ice cream flavors to me. (laughs) They do sound delicious, don't they? But they're not nice men, I promise you, and they get worse than they are already. He, they've come back and said, well, we followed the lady and we came to a villa hidden in a pine grove and went inside. And then she came, she, we went inside the, the pine grove and she came out right away and she was by herself. So we quickly left her be and we went in and we searched the cottage. And Scarpy is so happy, like, good work, men, good work. And, you know, they said, we looked, we looked. And Scarpy is, and you found Angelotti, right? And, and they're like, no. No. 
And so, of course, Scarpia, in true bad guy fashion, is like, ah, oh, you traitor, you miserable wretch, you terrible mm-hmm. thing. And Spoleta says, ah, but the painter was there. Cavaradossi was there. Oh, uh, so wait. They went in, Angelotti and Cavaradossi went to the cottage. But then Angelotti, dressed as a woman, left right away. Well, he, he went to this hiding place. Yeah. Remember, there was a secret but, hiding yeah, place. But the cottage. Wasn't near, it the cottage? Well, but even if the cottage was searched, Cavaradossi had told Angelotti where to go hide if the cottage was searched. And thank goodness he did, because that's how he eluded them. Oh, but was Cavaradossi in the cottage? So Cavaradossi's in the cottage. Tosca had left the cottage. Mm-hmm. And so when the henchmen came in, they, they found no Angelotti, but they found Cavaradossi. Right. And they arrested him. They brought him to the palace. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh is right. No bueno. Um, and Spoleta says, well, he knows where the fugitive is hiding. He hasn't told us. But he was so defiant, and I just arrested him. And so the last thing we heard there before the celebratory singing was Scorpia saying, meno male, terrific. Good work. Good work, men. So he's back to good work, men. Okay. And he says, yes, he's just right there. And so they have their their clutches around Cavaradossi, and they think Cavaradossi is the one who's going to talk and lead them to his friend. And uh, they're going to be sure to get it out of him. They're going to torture him. Yeah, yeah. But in the meantime, we're going to have to uh, have a little time with, with listening to Tosca and the choir and hearing all of those celebrations in the background as, yeah. as Cavaradossi is being brought in to be uh, tortured. Well, that's going to happen. He's going to be interrogated. Soon. He's going to be interrogated. He's going to be interrogated. I mean, first he's going to be asked, mm-hmm. and he's going to say, yeah, I don't know anything. And, and then torture is going to ensue. It's actually, it's, it's a pretty blood-chilling thing. It doesn't happen on stage. It happens immediately off stage. To the point where you're going to hear his screams from off stage, and you're going to hear him talking a little bit, you know, not spilling the beans talking, but you're going to hear his voice a few times. And it is not pleasant. It's not pleasant. Um, And in fact, Tosca is going to have to endure hearing some of this. And Scarpia does that on purpose. Right. Yeah. Because he's trying to break both of them down. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think it's time for us to go out on a little music. All right. Well, <laughs> and we'll let's... come back to the unpleasant stuff. Okay. So um, we're just wrapping up the first half of our show. We'll go out on a, a little bit of music here. Sicaroni, what has the cavalier said? In other words, what has the gentleman said? Referring to Cavaradossi. Ah, okay. So this is Sicaroni, che dice il cavalier on um, the opera Tosca by Giacomo Puccini on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Charone, che dice il cavalier, insistiamo, e lo vedremo, signora, dunque per compiacervi si dovrebbe
You're listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron. And me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back to the second half of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we are listening to the opera Tosca by Giacomo Puccini. Yep, debuted in Rome in 1900. And it was written... No, wait, It the action took place in 1800. Well done. You remembered. <laughs> I like those nice round numbers. They make it easier for me. Yeah. All right, so we... Um, as we begin the second half of our program, we we wrapped up the first act and we um, got just a little bit into act two mm-hmm. and Scarpia was giving Cavaradossi a bad time and they're trying to interrogate him. and Right, because he wants Cavaradossi to tell him to reveal where the where the escaped prisoner is. And you're looking at me like it's opera helmet quiz time. I'm looking at you like it's opera helmet quiz time. Oh, Pat. Okay. Opera helmet quiz on Tosca. So Tosca is a beautiful woman living in Rome in the 1900s, 1800s. Well... 1800s. It's turn of the century. It's set in the turn of the century. Okay. And she had grown up in the convent because she was an orphan, but then they discovered that she had an amazing voice. And so they plucked her out of the convent and they put her on the world stage as a wonderful diva singer. You're actually talking about the real Tosca now, but but that's a backstory. Yeah. That's the story to this story, though, too, isn't it? More or less. Yeah. It's not in the story. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Look at how much I retained, Pat. I'm very impressed. It's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, 
So uh, she, we open in a church, um, and Tosca's all grown up, and she's a beautiful diva, and she's very elegant. And we open in a church, and it is her um, lover, Mario Cavaradossi, who is a painter, and he is uh, doing a painting in this church. He's been commissioned. Um, and we discover that his friend Angelotti, um, who is an escaped political prisoner, is hiding in the church. And he came to that church because that's where his family, um, where they're all uh, in the tomb, I guess. They have a family chapel they there. They have a family chapel there. And his sister, who is very beautiful and comes to the church regularly and is very devout and she comes to pray, um, she has left a key uh, to the chapel. And inside the chapel, she has left him a change of clothes, which are not male, but they're female so that he can be disguised as he tries to make his escape. Side note, because she's at the chapel so often praying, Cavradosi, who is making this painting, has of, of the Virgin Mary, of the Virgin Mary, has taken cues from her as his subject. So she is her likeness appears as the Madonna in this picture that he's painting. Yes. Um, and then uh, the sacristan, who is the caretaker of the church, brought um, lunch for Cavardosi, but he didn't eat it. And then when Cavardosi discovers that Angelotti is there, they're like, hey, friend. And, you know, Cavardosi is like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm escaping. And he's like, well, here, have my lunch. And so Angelotti goes back into the chapel, changes, eats his lunch. And then Tosca comes in and she's all like, Mario, Mario. <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, oh, Tosca, I love you. I love you, but I'm busy. I got, you know, and so she's like kind of getting a little bit jealous and a little bit suspicious. And she's like, honey, let's go and have a romantic evening together. And he's like, okay, fine, but I got to go now. And th so they agree to make plans to go to this cottage where they're going to have a little romantic tryst. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, okay, fine. And so I'll see you later. And then she leaves. And then he goes back to Angelotti, helps Angelotti leave um, and then as soon as Angelotti makes his escape out of the chapel dressed as a woman, Scarpia, the head of the police for the royal family, comes in looking for Angelotti. And um, and meanwhile, there's been big news. Of oh, yeah, that Napoleon was defeated. And so now they're going to have a great big party. So Scarpia goes and looks for Angelotti, but he's not there. But Cavaradosi isn't there either. And so... Scarpia goes into the chapel, discovers the empty lunch basket. The sacristan, the guy who's kind of in charge of the caretaking of the chapel, says, oh, that's a bummer. I was going to eat that lunch. And Scarpia's like, wait a minute. And then he finds this fan that has the coat of arms of Angelotti and his sister, because they're a royal family also, or very highborn. Noble. Noble family. Um, and Scarpia's like, aha, I have this piece of evidence that somehow he's been here. And then there's this empty lunch basket, and so Cavaradosi is involved too. And so they're like, we're going to go, you know, find out where Angelotti is. And so he decides that he's going to use Tosca to lead them to, to Angelotti. And meanwhile, Tosca comes back because she's all bummed out that she can't go meet her lover, Mario, at the cottage later because now that there's this celebration because of Napoleon's defeat she's going to have to go sing for the royal family and so Scarpia is like licking his chops and be like ah, I've got you and so then he 
incites Tosca's jealousy by saying, look, I found this fan, and oh, by the way, look at that picture of that Madonna. Don't you think that looks an awful lot like Angelotti's sister? And she's like, huh, maybe, I don't know. And then he goes back to his apartment, Angelotti does, at the royal castle or whatever, and sends his henchmen out to the cottage to see if he can find Angelotti. And they see... And they find the cottage by following Tosca. And by the way, Tosca's not so, well, maybe. Tosca is furious. Oh, furious, She's right. deeply jealous. Okay, so so she goes out to the cottage to be like, what the heck? And then um, they follow her there, and they see Tosca leaving, and they go in, and Cabradosi is there, but they don't find Angelotti. And so they arrest Cabradosi, and they bring him back to the palace to interrogate him and to torture him. So, well, yes, because they need him to tell them. To reveal the location of Angelotti. Exactly. So that's that's where we are in the story, right? That's, you, you Well done. Okay, good. Well done. All right. Don't, don't ask me to do this tomorrow because I won't be able to remember. No, that's fine. I won't ask you to do it tomorrow. We we have it on tape. Right. <laughs> exactly. We can just listen to it. Okay. So that's that's where we are in, in the drama of Tosca. So what are we going to listen to next? So part of the, I mean, he starts off giving Cavaradossi in this interrogation. They uh, Scarpia starts off by giving him an opportunity. Like, where is Angelotti? He's like, I don't know where he is. I have no mm-hmm. idea. Why, why would you think I know? I don't know. I don't know. And he says, you provided <laughs> refuge for him in your villa. Isn't he hiding there now? And Cavaradosi says, no, absolutely not. And, you know, now Scarpia begins threatening. He's like, come on, think about it. You mm-hmm. know, you tell the truth and you could save yourself a lot of pain. You know, be a shame if you got hurt in this process, more or less. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> Tosca comes in. She's finished her singing and they've brought Tosca in. And Tosca's really confused, like, Mario, what are you doing here? And Cavaradosi sort of pulls her to the side and says, Tosca, if you tell them what you saw at my villa, I will be killed. In other words, shh. Right. So we know as the audience. Oh, that she knows about Angelotti. Right. So even though in the first act, he explains to Angelotti what a good woman Tosca is. I can't tell her about you and what's going on because... It would be dangerous for her. She she goes into the villa and she does see Angelotti. Dressed as a woman. Well, she sees and she knows it's this guy. Right. And, I mean, none of this is explained, but you know instantly when he says, Tosca, if, if you tell them what happened at the villa mm-hmm. and what you saw, mm-hmm. I'm gone for. So clearly she does know now. And he's reminding her she has to stay silent. But Scarpia doesn't know that she knows. Scarpia suspects strongly. Oh, okay. So she goes, okay, okay, I'll be good. I won't say a word, you know, essentially. And none of them theoretically see any of this. He gives them both a chance to talk. They don't. All the henchmen plus a judge and a, you know, a notary and all the people, like this whole gang of guys, takes him into the adjoining room oh, right to in. extract a confession from him, to extract... Ugh. Oh, it's, it is pretty gruesome, actually. <laughs> There's a little stage blood in this show. <laughs> And, and he's like, Scarpia's counting on her jealousy. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, wasn't he at the village with or at the cottage with this woman? Who did you see at the cottage? So he's he's starting off oily nice with her. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, there was nothing. He was there by himself. Cabaradosi. And he's like, are you sure there was something else going on? And Tosca's like, no, I'm a proud and jealous woman. And if there was something going on, I would know about it. So she's. 
She's standing around. Mm-hmm. She's doing as she's supposed to. And Scarpia is like, okay, just a second. So he opens the door. <laughs> it's like, well, did he talk, boys? You know? And at this point, dawning on her what's happening in the other right. room. She hasn't quite focused on that yet. She's sort of focusing on keeping it together in front of Scarpia. And she's like, what is going on in that room? What's going on? Scarpia just says, well, I have to use force to carry out the law. Law is important. Order is important. I have to use force. And then he he literally explains to her the way in which Cavaradossi is being tortured Uh. with, you know, Ugh. You don't even want to hear yeah, me say no, it. I don't want to know. It's in the opera, but it's it's it. There, there's blood involved. Let's put it that way. He's withstanding it. In other words, he's not telling them. Um, and she says, "You've got to stop. You've got to stop." And so they stop briefly, because <laughs> Scarpia is like, "Yes, are you going to tell me what I need to know?" And Scarpia says, "Okay, Tosca, talk. Let's listen to a little bit of that song. Now then, Tosca, talk." Orsu Tosca Parlate on 89.1 KHOL. You're listening to Puccini's Tosca on Opera for Everyone.
she talk <laughs> yeah i'm afraid so did not sound no it was pretty gruesome is that not nice no it's 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 pretty bad um in, in fact scarpia tries through all of this as she's getting more and more upset hearing the anguish of her lover and scarpia says well tosca your silence it tortures him well more than anything i'm doing such an evil man i don't get that because he says if you talk it all stops Oh, right. Okay. Oh. Right. It's it's just twisted logic, but it's terrible. And, you know, Scarby is like, well, you tell me where Angelotti is. And she keeps saying, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Do you want me to lie? You know, just stop it. My Cavarrosi, he can't take anymore. And, you know, Scarby is not buying this that she doesn't know. He's simply not not accepting it. And every time you could see she's beginning to weaken he pushes a little harder, pushes a little harder. At one point, she hears the, the Kavaradoski's uh, anguish, his mm-hmm, screams. Mm-hmm. And very, you know, she's said here, okay, he's hiding in a well in the garden. <gasps> she breaks. She, she breaks. She does break. And at this point, they can stop torturing Kavaradoski. And Cavaradossi is brought in, bleeding, right, just profusely from his head, and and he comes, you know, he sees her, and of course he grabs onto her for love and comfort, and he says, um, "Did you talk? Did you talk?" And you know what Tosca says? What? No, I didn't talk. <gasps> really? You know, and so the the creepy evil look on Scarpia's face is profound. And as soon as she says this, he gets this evil grin and he says, Oh, men, why don't you go to that well in the garden oh, at the cottage? no. Yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. So Cavaradossi, by the way, who's like bleeding out of right, his head. He's yeah. in terrible shape. He he rears up against he her. freaks out. You traitor, you've betrayed me. And she's like, I'm sorry, but they were going to kill you. It was, it's heartrending. It's heartrending. And meanwhile, one of the guys comes in. He's like, I've got some news, everyone. (gasps) Bonaparte has had a victory. Napoleon has had a victory. So the political tide has turned at that moment as well, which bums everyone out big time. Oh, right. It it bums everyone out except, of course, Cavaradossi. So Cavaradossi will sing a song, uh, Vittoria, Vittoria, in other words, victory, victory. And he will he will gloat, basically, as, as he's bleeding from the treatment that he's just undergone. Um, he, he sings about this, this victory of the people who believe in liberty and the common man. And so Scarpia now has one more reason to hate Cavaradossi and to want him dead. For aiding and abetting this escaped prisoner, this oh, traitor. and then also for supporting Napoleon and gloating about it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So basically, it's take him away, man. He's, uh, he's, he's a goner. He's headed for his execution. But Tosca's still in the room. And Tosca's like, 
I want to go with you, Mario. Scarby's like, no, you stay here, young lady. Mm-hmm. You stay here. And she's like, save him. You can, he doesn't, you don't have to condemn him. I helped you. You need to save him. And Scarby is not going to save him. Scarpia realizes, oh, look, I've got some leverage. All right. Oh, gosh. Because you remember his other desire. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. And so he's like, well, maybe we can work together and we could figure out a way to save him. You. You and I. You. Ew. I know. And so he, he gives her a toast with his wine. He's got he's got a whole little dinner table spread out there. Yeah, because and... right after I torture somebody, I, I want to have a little snack. <laughs> it was actually, the dinner table was set up before all of that happened, you know, while he was still waiting for his henchman to come mm-hmm. back. So the chicken cacciatore is cold well, now? Or... You no, know, some cheese, some fruit, whatever. Okay. So Tosca sits down. And Tosca's like, it's all becoming very clear to Tosca what's going on. And she'll say, how much? How much? What is your price? And Scarpia just looks at her like, my dear, you don't seem to be completely understanding the situation. Yes, I'm corrupt. Everyone knows I'm corrupt. I admit it. I don't want your money. I don't want your money. I don't sell myself to a woman for money. If I must betray my sworn oath, his sworn oath to uphold the law... I want a greater reward. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I've been consumed by my love for you. And he goes on and on and on. And Tosca gets very angry at this, needless to say. And he's just like, oh, oh, your anger. I just get so excited. Oh, you're so cute when you're mad. <laughs> oh, so cute. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. But even yuckier than cute. Right. Yeah. It's terrible. And then so Tosca's in this situation, and she sings this powerful aria that we're going to listen to next. I have lived for art. I have lived for love. In oh, other words, yeah, I've, I've tried to be... One. Yeah, this is, this is a very... This is one of the most famous arias. Of yes. This. Yeah, okay. Yes. So, and this is this is basically Tosca telling you who she, who is. she is. This is her, her great, big, powerful moment. But it's within the anguish of her... Losing Cavaradossi. And, and being pressed to this horrible... choice this choice she has to make this Mm -hmm. horrible horrible choice she wants to save mario but yuck Mm. what is expected of her is pretty awful and she's just like this shouldn't be happening to me yep (laughs) she's gonna do it anyway even though she doesn't doesn't want to she has to let's let's hear this song and we'll we'll see how this all plays out okay so if you've just tuned in you are listening to opera for everyone on 89.1 khol and this is tosca in the opera Tosca by Puccini singing Visi di Arte, I Live for Art.
Wow. She really brought down the house on that one. She did. Well, she's in such pain. She's in such pain. And she's reminding us what a decent person she is. It's all about her uh, piety and her devotion to God and helping other people, the things she's given to support the church and God, why in this hour of grief do you repay me this way? So she's really having a rough go here. (laughs) She's not having a great day. Yeah. But meanwhile, Scarpia is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on with it. Get on with it. (laughs) He's like, and so are you going to yield to me is what he's thinking. Tosca kneels in front of Scarpia and she says, must I beg for your mercy? I'm extending my hand to you. Please be merciful to me. You vanquished me. So you're like, oh, no, she's not going to. And and he says, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so loving. You're so wonderful. For a moment of your embraces, you will win Ugh. Mario's freedom. And she's like, oh, you disgust me. <gasps> really? She can't. Yeah. So she's no, she's she's headed that direction, but it's it's kind of revolting. She's not going to go her. down without a fight. She's not going to go down. No, knock, knock, knock on the door, and uh, one of the henchmen comes in and says, um, "I have some news. We found Angelotti. He's killed himself." <gasps> well, remember they had been told where he was hiding, right? So they found him, and he's at the bottom of a well. And before they can get him out of there, he just does exactly. He just ends it exactly. And Scarpia, true to form, says, okay, but hang his corpse up on the gallows so everyone can see him. You know, let that be a lesson to them. This is what happens if you try to go against the powers in authority. Yeah, he's a real nice guy. <laughs> so um, he's he, that guy's departing, and, uh, and Scarpia turns to Tosca. He's like, well, have you made your decision? And she reluctantly but clearly says, yes, I'll do it. And she said, but I want him freed immediately. And Scarpia's like, oh, come on. You got to understand, I can't be seen to be showing favoritism and just pardoning this prisoner who's clearly done wrong. He goes, we're going to, I've got, here's the deal. I've done this before. Like, (laughs) it's not my first rodeo. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So we have a plan. I can't openly release him, but we must make believe that it's a real execution and where we'll switch it from the gallows to a firing squad and there'll be fake bullets. There won't be any real bullets in the guns. So he's going to have to pretend to die. There won't be real bullets in the guns. What? And then they just like leave and never come back to Rome? Well, so he says this and she's like, how can I trust you? Like, that's really risky, Scarpia. Mm -hmm. And he says, well, look, I'll give them in orders in your presence. And so he says, uh, come on over here. I've had a change of plans. We're not going to do the uh, the gallows. We're going to have a firing squad carry out the execution. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that. We're going to do a mock execution, just like we did with that fellow Palmieri. And the guy looks at him knowingly and slowly, like nodding, like, oh, like Palmieri. And he's like, yes, like Palmieri. Do you understand? He's like, yes, I understand. Like Palmieri. So... If you are of a suspicious nature, you might be asking yourself, gosh, what happened with Palmieri? Maybe it's not as straightforward as he's explained to Tosca. Mm-mm. We'll let that particular bit of information just sit for a minute. And it's like, okay, go ahead. I, I, I have a little thing I have to do with this woman here. And so Scarpia says, okay, I have kept my promise. 
And this is a song that he sings to her, and, and she sings with him, or a little bit that they sing together. We've got, I, I've kept my promise, and she says, wait, there's one more thing. I want a safe conduct pass. I want, I want something official in writing from you that once this is all, you know, yeah. that I can use. And so he, he writes out this pass. So that she can presumably leave the palace and just go about her business. Yeah. And... Shall we listen to a little bit yeah. of that one? Let's do that. Okay. So if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is La Loteni La Promesa. And so this is Scarpia and Tosca singing a duet in the opera Tosca by Puccini. Tenni la promessa ancora, vuoi un salvagondoso onde fuggire dallo stato con lui? Partir dunque volete, sì, per sempre, si adempia il voler vostro.
I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't, did you? So uh, I okay. was peeking over your shoulder. So yeah. I, I know a little bit, but I did hear him saying, Socorro, socorro, which is help. Yeah. And then it sounded like he was like, morte, morte, like he was dying. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, we last when we were speaking about the plot, she's asked for this safe conduct pass. So he's standing or sitting at his desk writing this safe conduct pass for her. And she walks over to fortify herself with some wine for what she's about to have to do. Yeah. Over at his little table. And, oh, there's a fruit knife. How convenient. So she killed him with a fruit knife? Yeah, she sure did. And he's like, Tosca, at last. You know, he's still holding this piece of paper in his hand. At last you're mine. As yeah, now we can be together. Over. Right? And she, she stabs him with this knife. And she says, this is Tosca's kiss. Meow. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And he's screaming, help me, help me, I'm dying. And she's just, die, damn you, die. There you go. Yeah, yeah, she's just terrible. And finally she looks and she goes, he's dead. And the last song, because she is a devout woman, the last song is, now I forgive him. Now she forgives Scarpia. Yeah, because he's dead. Well, that's easy. All right. And so that wraps up Act Two. That wraps up Act Two. Yes. So let's listen to Tosca being like, okay, I forgive him now because he's dead. Yeah. And she's also, she's gloating a little too. And she's like, and just to think, before him, all of Rome trembled. And, and she, this mere woman, dismantled him, him with a fruit knife. Mm -hmm. That's right. Boom. Oh, that's she does set a few candles around him and put a crucifix on oh, his chest. Oh, because she's devout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, she wants to save his soul. Mm -hmm. Kind of. Yeah, she's forgiven him now because he can do no more harm at this point. Okay, so this is or. Now, this is where my Italian. I really need to brush up on the Italian. Orgli perdono. Now I forgive him. On Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I guess that was a short song. Well, there's only one more line in the song. <laughs> um, and, and there's actually quite a lot more instrumental music because there's the whole part. There's just a lot of action going on on scene. Yes, um, but here she is. I mean, picture it. Here she is in this room, in this office, just her and the dead body. And of the Scarpia. dead guy. Yeah. And so she's looking around the room trying to find, because he's written the safe conduct pass. And she's looking for it. Where is it? Where is it? And there it is. It's in his hand. In his cold, dead hand. So um, it's actually great when she has to pull this thing out of his hand. And of course, there's resistance, right? Because he's clutching it. <laughs> it's kind of kind of gruesome. At any rate, and then she does the whole thing with the candles around him. And that is the end of Act 2. And scene. Yes. All right. Yes. And so Act 3. Act 3 will begin very slowly, very atmospherically, as they are preparing for the execution. Oh, of Cavardosi and Angelotti, who's already dead, but they're going to just put him up there. Anyway. Yeah, but since he's not, since Cavardosi is no longer going to be hung, Oh, here's, here's she's talking, she's saying. Okay, yeah, no, false alarm. She was just saying her other line. Her other line is, and before him, all of Rome trembled. Ha ha ha. But I killed him with the yeah. fruit knife. 
basically. <laughs> so I shouldn't be laughing, but you know, he's well, he's a bad such guy. Such a bad guy. So there's a lot of setting the scene of, you know, this dawn execution. Right. And they're getting ready. And Cavaradosi has been told he's going to be executed. You're not going to be hung. You're going to be shot. Okay. Doesn't make like a huge... Like Palmieri. Wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Well, he, does, he doesn't even know about the Palmieri thing. He doesn't. He has no idea. Right. Of the, I mean, he doesn't realize what's going on between... He thinks he's going to get executed. Yeah. As far as he knows... His girlfriend has given up his friend Mm -hmm. and he's gloated in front of Scarpia and Scarpia has said, you know, you will die. And that's kind of what he knows at this point. So, again, these are very emotional scenes with Cavaradosi. And he doesn't know that Scarpia is dead. And Cavaradosi is facing his own death right now. Right. And he asks the jailer, could you please give me a pen and paper so that I can write Mm -hmm. to someone I love? And then he's like... Would you mind? I would like a Salisbury steak. Also. No, not that. He just no. wants to. He just wants to leave. And in fact, he has to basically pay for this. So he pulls a ring off his finger and he says, "He has to pay for his own execution." Well, he has to pay. For, he's he's giving something to the jailer to ensure the oh, promise see, of okay. delivering this letter. I see. Okay. And so we're going to listen to a beautiful aria by Cavaradossi, our tenor, which is called "The Stars Were Shining." And he's going to talk about he dies in despair and I've never loved so much. He sings about his life and how much he loves life because he loves Tosca. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. So So she lives for art and he lives for love. Except for now he dies. So, Yeah, yeah. So let's listen to The Stars Were Shining. Iluki van la stella on opera for everyone. And this is Cavaradossi's dying aria. As he prepares to die, yes.
He dies in despair. At least that's what he thinks. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, so? So, all right. So, um, as you'll recall, even though Tosca committed this horrendous act, she was in the room alone with Scarpia. Yeah. So his dead body lays there, and one of the henchmen says, okay, Tosca, here you go. You can go talk to your guy. And she sees how pitiful he looks. But she rushes to him, like, and she's all like, happy, 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 happy. <laughs> and she holds up the paper and he looks at it and he reads, safe conduct for Floria Tosca and the gentleman accompanying her. And she says, yes, you are free. And so his mind is bursting. He can't quite believe what's happening here. He's like, Scarpia, pardon me? This is... This is the first time ever he's ever reprieved anyone. And Tosca's like, yeah, and the last time. Right. So he's like, are you kidding me? Does that mean what I think it means? And she's like, yeah, I killed him. He wanted your blood or my love. He wouldn't show he mercy. neither. Exactly. Exactly. And so she essentially explains to her lover what has happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And he can't quite get it through his head. He says, you, you killed him with your own hand. You were so pious and you did that for me. And so he sings to her this beautiful, beautiful song. These sweet hands, so kind and so pure. They were created for mercy. Not, not this horrible thing that you had to do, but it's just this sweet, tender love song. When he realizes the position he's put her in. That he's so... He's grateful. He's grateful, he's loving, and it's it's kind of breaking his heart that she had to do this awful thing. Hmm. So let's listen to this song. Okay, and what's it called in English, Pat? These sweet hands, so kind and pure. O dolce mani mansuete e puri. Oh, 
If you're just tuning in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we're listening to Tosca by Giacomo Puccini. And our diva, Tosca, her lover Mario professed his love to her. Yes, it's a very sweet, sweet love song. And talk about an emotional roller coaster here, right? We've right. Had... They're jealous. They're hiding political prisoners. They're escaping. They're conniving. She kills somebody. Well, and she's had to listen to her lover being tortured. She's had to give in to this man who wants to have her mm-hmm. in exchange for showing mercy. Yeah. Yeah, as it were. <laughs> and then we open with Cavaradossi, who's been condemned to death, sort of singing his farewell song to life and mm-hmm. to love and, and how bitter it is for him to have to die at this point. She comes in and says, uh, change of plans. I have a letter of safe conduct. And, kill the uh, guy. Kill the guy who was going to kill you, but it's all cool because he's already given these orders for it to be a mock execution. And the song which follows the one that we've just listened to, I mean, it's hard to say that it's a little funny at this point, but it's a little funny at points where she says, okay, so here's the deal. I'm an actress. 
gosh. And so let me just give you a really, really quick acting lesson. On how to die. On how to die. Okay. So when the first time the shot is fired, you have to fall down like you're dead. Okay. And then she does sort of this little like, uh, like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at this point, it's a little bit of pent up emotion in the audience going like, oh, that's hysterical because... It's been so intense. It's been so intense. But like in the back of your head, you're going like Palmieri. Right. Right. Because they were so weird about that for a reason. Right. And so she's she's just like, OK, here's what you've got to do. And Cavaradossi's like, OK, OK, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And he, she says, now, remember, after you die or pretend to die when they've shot you, you lay still. You don't move. Don't move until I tell you you can get up. Wait for them all to leave. And then I will... I will tell you it's okay, and then we can go ahead and use this safe conduct pass and get out of get out of town. Mm -hmm. And she says, "But be a really good actor, because a good actor, when they're pretending to fall, like don't bruise yourself or anything, just fall down, but do it carefully." I mean, and you're just thinking, "Oh, this is so heartbreaking." And there we have it. We she tells him to do this, and the last song is the wait is so long. Like, why why are they taking so long? And the soldiers come in. And they line up. You know, we've all seen the movies with the, right, the firing execution squad. squad. Yep. And she's like almost like giddy laughing, trying to look serious, like, oh, my lover's about to die. But she's like, ah, it's just all play acting, pretend. And the firing squad does its job. He falls down. And she's like, oh, he's such a good actor. That was so believable. I know. If you all, if you could see the look on Keely's face yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's sad? It's really sad. And so the guys leave. And it's just the two of them left behind. And she's like, okay, don't get up yet. Don't get up yet. He's not moving. She's like, okay, that's great. Good work. Good work. You just stay still. Don't move. Don't move. He doesn't move. And she finally says, okay, you can get up now. He still doesn't move. And she goes to him and she realizes he's actually he's dead. actually dead. So uh, we assume that's a, a not fake, fake execution is what happened to poor Palmieri as well. Right. Yes, yes. And about this time, the guys run in and say, someone has murdered Scorpia. It must be you, Tosca. And they run after her to get her. Any guesses is what happens? They kill her too? Well, they say to her, Tosca, you'll pay dearly for his life. And she says, yes, with my own. And she's oh. run up the parapet and she jumps off to killing herself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's the end of the opera. That's a mic drop. Yeah. They're dead. Wow. I Lo can't. A lot of deaths. Yeah. I mean, this. I'm really excited now to see this. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm You'll... excited to see the Met Live in HD version of this. Yeah. It, it's fun. And I, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked on YouTube. But a lot of these operas are available in a lot of different places from different opera companies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you ever like one of the operas we talk about on Opera for Everyone, oftentimes you can find them in some format or another. And even if it's without English subtitles, now that you know the story, yeah, you can watch it. Totes. It's kind of fun. All right. Well, so we're going to listen to the final song. Um, and this is Tosca and uh, the Henchman, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, Come y Lunga la Testa. It's what's taking so long, right? Or why are we waiting? Or... Something like that. The wait is so long. The wait is so long. So this is final song of uh, Puccini's Tosca.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.